Just days before his death by crucifixion in the city of Jerusalem, Jesus prophesied to some of his closest followers on the Mount of Olives that after the events of the coming years and decades, with the challenges and opportunities it would hold for those who followed him, after judgment came on the city of Jerusalem, causing it to be totally leveled and destroyed, that at some point beyond that, in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 30, then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Jesus wasn't the only one that would speak about his coming in that way. In fact, we see reference to Jesus coming again all throughout the New Testament. And while this idea of Jesus coming again, while questions that we might pose about what exactly that's going to entail can fill our imagination and become the subject of no shortage of books and movies and Bible class discussions. The way Jesus and his apostles talk about it is actually much simpler, cleaner, and has a much different emphasis than some of the ways that we approach it. And it's an emphasis that if we hear it, if we receive it, can actually give us comfort and clarity as we live each day right now. Just listen to how the Apostle Paul would address this for the Christians in the ancient city of Thessalonica in the New Testament letter of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting with verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, there's peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We're not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having Put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. 
For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we're awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. When the Apostle Paul spoke of Jesus coming again, about the events around him coming in the clouds, notice, first of all, how he described it, because it's different than what a lot of people tend to say or imagine. He describes an unmistakable scene, much as Jesus himself did, of every seeing him come in the clouds. This isn't some secret. There's not some mystery. There's not going to be people standing around wondering what happened. No, the trumpets are going to blow and the dead are going to rise and those who are alive are going to go meet and welcome King Jesus along with them there in the air. There's no way that all of that could happen and you not know exactly what's going on. And when that happens, when Jesus comes as a victorious king, all of us who belong to him are going to gather for celebration and then we'll stay with him. We'll never be separated from him or each other again. And for mourning Christians in Thessalonica, that was cause for comfort and encouragement because some of their brothers and sisters, people they loved, had died. And because of Jesus, they had hope that they'd not only see them again, but that they would truly be with them again. Never to go through this pain. Never to be separated again. You know, I find it helpful to remember that this is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. And whenever I have a Christian brother or sister who loses a loved one that also belonged to Jesus, I like to send these verses or post them on the obituary as they share it to social media or anywhere else or write it in the cards that I send them to obey what Paul says, to encourage each other with these words. And isn't that something? to think of the coming of Jesus, to think of the end times as something that gives comfort, as something that gives encouragement. Now, there is the reality that we don't know when Jesus will come. He'll come like a thief. If anyone tries to tell you they know exactly when Jesus is going to come, they're lying, and the truth is not in them, because Scripture says they won't know. But while Jesus will come like a thief, if you belong to Jesus, it won't catch you like a thief. Because what we're called to do as Christians is not try to predict when Jesus is going to come, is not to try to discern from newspaper headlines or corporate maneuvers or political speeches whether Jesus is coming today or tomorrow or next month. What we're called to do is to live every day ready for Jesus to come to live every day as though he already has, as though he is reigning and we are in his presence and we worship as though we're around God's throne in heaven. We live spreading love and goodness and healing and light because we know he's already won the victory. So as Christians, we need that warning and encouragement too. That each day of our lives, as things compete for our attention, as things try to tell us they're most important, as we have pains and as we have distractions, to let God's word sweep that away and remind us, Jesus is coming, and it's all going to be okay. So stay focused. Keep the first things 
first. Don't start spending our time and our energy chasing after things that aren't going to last beyond Jesus coming again. Let's guard those heads with hope, that hope that Jesus is going to save us from all this. Let's guard those hearts with living lives that are right with God. Let's encourage each other. Let's not just try to do the minimum necessary for us personally, individually, to get to heaven when we die. Let's live each day where we're seeking out to encourage each other, to build each other up so that we can all share in that joy together. That is how Jesus, that is how his apostles talked about when the Son of Man comes. And when the Son of Man comes in the clouds, when we are gathered up to meet him, that's going to be a cause for celebration because death is no more and we get to be together with God and each other forever.